Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 3. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris. I play Iolana Makani, the Air Genasi Mystic, and you can find me at Killer on Twitter. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darwin Grimm, the Human Monk, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Nate on Twitter. Hi, I'm Shannon. I play Aranis Gray, also known as Gray the Great to my fans, and the Bard of the Bard's Rebellion. I am a half-elf bard, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Shannon on Twitter. And you can find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyren. And so the three of you can all feel this coming off of each other. You can sense Liana's uh, appreciation at seeing you three come back, or at seeing the two of you come back with a friend. Gosram, however, sensing Darwin's annoyance, just reflects that right back at you. <laughs> all three of you, he's just, great. These people are here to help, but they don't like us. These people <laughs> are jerks. <laughs> and Liana says, you came back much quicker than I expected. And Gosram turns and still reflecting some of that annoyance. Like, Have y'all made a decision? Do you want my help or not? Yes. And yes. Hmm. And the reason we came back so quickly is because we don't, we don't have long. Hmm. He, uh, his lower pair of arms, like he weaves his fingers together and like does that knuckle cracking and he like puts his hands out in front of him, palms outward. Ah, like he's getting ready to do some work and stretches his hands out. Ah, well, let's see then. Ooh, an Aaron Genasi could get you some nice light wings going or uh, None of us will be taking any body parts from you, sir. Oh. Well, you're less fun than I had hoped. Since when have we ever been fun? Whatever, let's get to work. (laughs) (laughs) Arnest just admitted he wasn't fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, when have we ever been fun for Gossram to deal with? He's calling us less fun. When have we ever been fun for him? Never. And now you're less fun. Less fun than not fun. Mm-hmm. He looks to Ilana and Darvin. He raises an eyebrow to each of you as if to ask, you know, oh, is, is Arnis speaking for both of you? Do you really not want any improvements? I know he might <laughs> actually just say that because that's the kind of guy he is. That's the kind of God he is. Does Arnis speak for you? Do you really not want any improvements to yourselves? I seek no physical improvements upon myself. Me neither. Intrigued by Iolana, he asks, what kind of improvements are you interested in then? Arnis is giving giving (laughs) Iolana a very vigorous, like, no, don't. (laughs) Like a very vigorous shake of the head. Like, I don't want any, I don't want any improvements. Uh, and as Iolana opens her mouth and sees this, and Iolana simply says, I'm not comfortable sharing my needs or my wants 
with one that I am not a worshiper of. Put it that way. Harness mouths the big thank you <laughs> across the room. Hmm. And who do you worship, young lady? The only god that would be fitting of one of my kind, the god of the elementals. <laughs> uh, he like stifles a chuckle and uh, just turns away. He's He's got work to do and uh, nobody wants fun body mods, so mm. you're hardly worth his time. So, Liana says, well, thank you for coming to assist us. I know it's not freely given. I know you want some information in return. And the quicker you can help us, the quicker I might be able to find you some sort of solution. So, she just very vaguely motions to the documents in front of her. These, along with everything Gossram has, and a very slight nod to the back of the room. Everything on those shelves back there is what we have on the withering. Any assistance you can give us into helping us figure out how this progresses and how it might be slowed would be useful. I can use that time to to work on your problem. Good? Sure. Would it be useful just to start by telling you what we already know through observation and personal experience? Mm-hmm. Yes, by all means. Sure. So from what we know, and either of you can correct me if I say anything that doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. From what we already know, stress and exertion, either physically or magically, seems to speed up the progression of the withering. Uh, anybody that is a half something that is affected by the withering will come through it alive, but only one half of themselves, which isn't to say they're like a half person. It's no, like whatever. Gosford, yeah. I think Gostrom looks you up and down as you say that. And he's like noticing how you're distinctly less elf than you used to be. Right. So, right. Like I used to be a half elf and now I'm pretty much not anymore. I mean, I'm still in like the late stages of it, but I'm basically human now. And that's how it seems to work for anybody that is half of something, whether it's a pure kind of chaos thing or it's something like Gossram related, like a like a half elf, half, oh, I don't know, like owl or something, for example, right? They would just Gossram come out like, related. He looks at you like, don't pin this on me. I'm not pinning it on you. I just, <laughs> right. Like they would come out all owl, right? And the elf part would basically die. And then they would just be like full owl. Kostrom says, I I had nothing to do with them, but... Okay, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's what. I mean, we assumed that they were just pure creatures of chaos, but now knowing that you're affected made me think that like they might fall under like your purview, as opposed to just straight up under Pathox. If they truly were mine, then I don't think that they would be surviving it, would they? Oh, I guess that's fair. <laughs> That hadn't that hadn't occurred to me actually. So it's just the chaotic parts of them that are that are basically dying, withering away, and then the rest of them is what's left. Hmm. Let's see, Liana will say, "Well, as to your first point, that tracks with what we've seen, which does make sense. The more you stress that relationship with your god, the faster it progresses. As to the second, well, we haven't had the opportunity to witness any of that here." There are some half-orcs here, but we have not witnessed it progress that far, or we've been too late. Well, 
but I mean, if they're, if they're half orcs, half halfling, right. Mm-hmm. It's not going to make any difference. Halflings aren't affected. Oh, I thought they were. Wait, why is Leon helping everybody then? Because she's nice. <laughs> Cause she's the one good, genuinely nice God we've met. Oh, I just assumed that like she was helping who she could, but primarily she was helping her own people. I'm sorry. I guess I misunderstood. I thought that Tonks was a halfling. No, Tonk, Tonk was Tonk is a gnome. He's affected. Oh, he's a gnome. I'm sorry. I'm real confused. Apparently. Shannon okay. is. Arnus wouldn't be. Yeah. But yeah. Shannon just doesn't know what's going on. No, Liana <laughs> is the god of halflings. Halflings not affected. Liana cares about this city and she cares <laughs> about the halflings living here. And she also cares about the other people in the community because, hey, those people live here too. And also it sucks to see a lot of people dying. So she's doing something about it. Yeah. So, I mean, know that like anybody who's a half orc that's experiencing this probably isn't going to die, right? They're just going to become whatever the other half is. Well, if they were still around, we might be able to test that theory. But the ones who succumbed before I was able to lend a hand were taken out by the conscription last time they attacked. It's been a while, but yeah, it's something to be mindful of. Okay, well, that's a good start. The rest of our notes and journals are here. By all means, please use them to see if that confirms or contradicts any of your findings, or if you can put anything together that maybe we've missed. What I can tell you is that this is far from any type of damage that I've ever seen or any type of disease or illness or condition, I would be able to cure those. I would be able to, I'd be able to take those into myself, weather the storm and move on. But that's not the case. No matter how much I take from someone, be they orc, elf, or motions to Gosrim, no matter how much I take and work past, it keeps coming back. So this will take more than a simple potion. This will take more than, well, more than anything that I know at the moment. I'll do what I can to buy us all time. If we can find a more permanent solution, that would be preferable. Something we can give to the rest of the world. But yes, by all means, research what you can. I will try to figure out a way to help you in your quest to resurrect chaos. Okay. Okay. Alrighty. So everybody, stacks and stacks of notes, journals. It's time for good old fashioned skill checks. <laughs> cool. Yes. The two that jump to mind would be investigation or medicine. But if you have a different skill that you would like to use to try to study these notes or interpret these notes, or if there's any, um, if there are any abilities or connections you have that you might use for help here, by all means, let me know. We can do a couple rounds of these, depending on how successful or unsuccessful you are. Let's start at the bottom of the list here. Shannon, Aranis, what type of research do you want to do? What skill medicine. do you want to use? I want to use medicine. All right, go ahead and roll for it. I got a 26. Hmm. Okay, Aranis. Looking through these notes in these journals, what you find from a medicine standpoint does confirm some of your findings from previous experiences, exertion and stuff will accelerate this process. But what you can also see is that there does not always necessarily have to be the, the desiccation portion of it first. That is more the, the natural progression where if you do nothing 
and it proceeds as normal. People dry up first before the bone takes over. Hmm. So the bone advancement is kind of like the final stages, and that can be fast-forwarded to through such exertion, which does mean the person is in much better, I don't want to say, well, they're in a much better physical state in the sense that they haven't lost nearly as much of their strength and other abilities. Like, mm-hmm. Because if you just let time take its course, by the time the bone shows up, you could be already too weak to move and do much about it. Um, Darwin. Um, investigation. Okay. Investigation. Go ahead and roll. Got a 13. Okay. 13 investigation. What languages does Darwin speak? Common Havling Elvish. Oh, you do know Halfling. <laughs> For some reason. Okay. Probably a business thing. Oh, yeah, probably. Probably. Not that any of these notes are in Halfling. Liana's not the one making all of them. Some They're of these were made by an... To me. <laughs> What's that? I said if they're orcish, just hand them to me because I speak that. Well, no, this is a mix of common and elvish that Darwin has found in his investigations. But with only a 13, you're not getting a whole lot. Mm. You find notes that it is progressing slower through the half-orcs here in the city, specifically those who are half-orc and half-halfling or half-human. Ooh, I know what you find. You find some trial and error from a time when whoever was taking these notes was trying to remove, like physically remove bone sections from people. That did not go well. Like it's not a scab that you can pick and pull off and let heal. Any efforts made to try to physically remove the bone part of the withering were met with extreme pain and faster progression. Sound good? Yep. Except the pain and progression part. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Ilana, what would you like to be rolling here? Mm, Before Ilana begins, she's going to shift her psychic focus from persuasion, which is useless in this moment, to investigation to help her search for information. Okay. No persuading the documents. Good. All right. Go ahead and roll. Oh, son of a... It's a 14. With a 14 on investigation... What you find were early attempts to separate out victims of the withering from those who are not afflicted by it, and even people of like different stages of progression. Like, if we remove people who are already at the bone stage, does that mean the people who are at the withered stage will slow down at all? Yeah. Or will those who haven't shown any signs yet progress faster or slower in the presence of other people? And yeah, it turns out that really doesn't matter. This isn't a contagious disease. There's no There's no increase or decrease in how fast it spreads when it comes to proximity to other people. Got it. Which, given the nature and what you guys have already discovered, shouldn't be much of a surprise. Yeah. That's mostly because a 13 and a 14 are both, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, not great roles. (laughs) So some of this is just like confirming what you already know or just shedding light on something that may not be super applicable. All right. Let's do one more round of these. As Liana and Gosrim seem to be connected in an almost trance-like state. There's a glow of pink energy connecting them very strongly right now. And they are not communicating. like They're not speaking out loud anyways. And they are intensely focused and their minds are elsewhere. And they are, they are working through this problem that Aranus has presented them in their own godlike fashion. So, Aranus, what would you like to roll for your uh, second attempt at research here? Can I do medicine again or do I have to pick something else? You can do medicine again if you want. Okay, then that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep pushing at that. Okay. 
Ooh, 28. Ooh. I think this is sufficiently high enough. You see some notes in here. They weren't made by Liana herself, but these were definitely at her dictation. It expresses in various terms her worry that if she were to keep doing this to the point where it becomes unsustainable, whether that's for too long or covering too many people, that she herself would wither. And then that would also spread to all the halflings who are currently not in danger of the withering. Oh, that's not good. Mm -hmm. It's all just like medical theory right now. She hasn't tried to test it out because she kind of knows her own limits, but that does not lessen her desire to want to extend it out. It's just the cost benefit of it. Like, hey, once I go past this certain point, there may be no going back. And then it endangers a whole new group of people. Mm. Mm -hmm. Darvin, what would you like to do? Investigate again. Alrighty. Investigate away. Let's roll. That's time I got a dirty 20. Nice. So, going through all these notes, one of the things that you notice here is that besides Liana and Gostrom and Sicarius, Earl Moore was also a big contributor to this project. Not so much in the research angle. He is not a healer. He's not a doctor. But he does have, you know, resources of of the royal family at his disposal to some extent. So once Liana got here, you find that he was he was doing his best to provide a steady source of funds and support for the city during this very trying time, despite some pushback from the king, mostly because the king is um well, let's just say the king is worried about elves first because he is an elf and he wants a solution that is going to work for him. And he's not uh, hes not certain that one that would work for orcs would also work for elves. So you can see that Earl Moore has also kind of volunteered himself to be like a test subject if Liana or Gosserim or Sicarius needed. And he was, in fact, one of the, the first people that Liana tried this whole borrowing of withering on. Not entirely successful the first time around, but she was able to have it run smoother on him. Although during that first trial, it did cause one of his legs to like totally seize up in bone form. But after that, he's been fine. That leg is still bone, but the rest of him is fine. Wow. Alrighty. Iolana. Mm-hmm. Iolana's going to continue to use her investigative skills. Hopefully okay. do better this time. It's a 17. Hmm. Not bad, not bad. I think what Iolana is finding in here is that Liana and Gostrom are looking for a way to make permanent Liana's aid. If there was a way they could pull this withering out of people and then just freeze them at that point, basically. Not like put them in stasis, but maybe put them in stasis. Maybe anything to like get them to a point where Liana would not have to keep focusing on the same group of people without sacrificing them to the withering. Got it. And while it, they do think it would work, it just kind of like creates another, like it's another matryoshka doll of a problem. Okay, how do we hold in stasis that many people? Like who's mm. doing that? What magic could we possibly use for that? To just put people in indefinite hibernation. And while it may work, it's just not something that they have the resources to do at the moment, because mm. that is not something that's in either of their wheelhouses. And... Their resources here in the city of Honey Hollow are kind of limited. Okay. So while everybody's investigating, going through all these notes and journals, 
Is there anything else that's going on? Like, is there any chit chat between people? Is everybody nose down into papers? Um, is there any snacking going on? This is kind of like Yolanda's thing. So she's, you know, you, you expect people who are like doing research after like a little while to look a little like just beaten and tired by it. But like the more she does, the more like energy she gets from doing it. And she's just zeroed in on it the whole time. Mm-hmm. How about Darwin? What's this like for him? What does this look like as he's going through all these notes? Not as much fun as Ilana's having. <laughs> he's probably, you know, grumbling a little bit, maybe practicing his chest drums when he thinks no one's listening. Everybody can hear you back here. <laughs> and every every time he starts, Arnis just shoots him this look like, don't you even. <sighs> so uptight, Arnis. What about anything? Is there anything else, Darwin, or is that it? That's it. Okay. What about you, Arnis? I mean, Arnis went to college, so like he's done research a fair bit before, but he's like really out of practice at this point. And so it's it's hard. His his brain doesn't have the like focused attention span it used to. It's hard for, even with this twenty six and twenty eight. Does that just yeah. mean like he's like it's super draining for him? Is it's he just, just yeah. frazzled? It's just draining. It's like mentally exhausting, right? He still knows how to like pick out information from things, right? That's the mm-hmm. that's the high numbers. He can still pick out what he wants to, but at the same time, it's just it's mentally exhausting to do so. Because he doesn't put a lot of those like he doesn't flex that like medicine muscle very often, right? He so often just like heals with magic, right? Mm-hmm. And with his music that actually flexing that brain muscle of like trying to like understand the medical side of something is just, it's draining. Okay. Okay. And as the hours go by, while you're all in study, the silence broken up by the occasional chest drum. (laughs) Eventually you see that light connecting Gostrom and Liana dim, and it just kind of washes over the rest of the room again and beyond the walls. And you can feel that emotional connection form again between everybody here and you can feel the echoes of the other people in the city gosram first turns to look at the three of you and just gives like a <sighs> and walks over to the other side of the room and just kind of leans up against the door that goes back out into dr Corey's office he's currently barring the exit effectively yes okay liana looks up at everybody very slowly somewhat in pain like turns and lifts her head up a little bit to look at the three of you well we may have a solution but i don't know if you're going to like it i don't know if you'll be able to actually do it it could be well it could be painful for one but more than likely it could be lethal for the other can i ask do you have a volunteer? Uh, like, who is going to actually try to do this? Be the person to gather all of these threads together? Um, yes. Good. Because I don't think this would work if the person had any hesitation or reluctance. <laughs> I'm not sure if you knew this or not, but part of assuming a god's power does involve actually wanting it. No, I knew. Okay. If you try to reject it, it could, well, it could be painful or it could, you know, result in this. 
the withering or anything else in between who's to say but in order to try to do this thing that you're talking about to resurrect chaos you need more than just pathox's body in fact i doubt it would be of much use to you now anyways bodies are mostly just vessels and connection points and if that's all severed it doesn't really matter which body it's in i'm hoping you are familiar with bulbs you've seen them you know what they look like yes okay well step one will be getting inside one of them the magical energy they hold and that they bring together is immense. And this act alone could destroy someone. Is that a danger that you're willing to face? Yes. Hmm. Secondly, you're going to need a way to draw those threads to whoever goes in. Now, if it was, for example, myself who went in, I already have the connection with the halflings. That already exists. If I were to want... A connection with the elves, let's say, I would have to find a way to draw that to me. Now, how is this done? That's a little bit more difficult to say. If you had volunteers willing to step in and sacrifice themselves and become that connection, that would be one, but that's a lot of death. You would be asking at least 16 people to die for this, which is why that may be a little bit more difficult to do. But whoever goes into the bulb will need a way of drawing those threads to themselves, to pulling that in. It could be a life. It could be a divine artifact. It could be the permission of the god themselves. Gosram here is in better shape than some others. And if I'm correct, I'm not so certain Olwenir would want to help you. From what I can sense, you've had a troubled past with them. Well, yeah, but... It's hard to say what one will do to save their people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, after mm -hmm. all, she committed genocide. It's true. They went with one extreme. They may go with some other extreme. And of course, on top of all of that, besides stepping into a bulb and getting this connection with the other, the other races, with the other gods, you will need a bulb large enough. The one here in Honey Hollow is unfortunately not up to the task. It's a little too small. There are larger ones throughout the continent. The Frost Swamps had a very sizable bulb. The one in Karami is decent, but probably less than what you would need. The one in Earl has potential. The one in Libera, the largest, of course, in Vermilion. Hmm. But good luck getting to that one. Why? It is deep within the castle, and the king doesn't just let people go wandering through the regal house as they see fit. Is this information helpful? Do you need more? Do you have more time? Why? I don't know. What time of day is it right now? <laughs> uh, it's getting close to dinner time now. Then probably not, unfortunately. <laughs> Do you all share what you found with Gosrim and Liana? Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Okay. Which, unless you're going to keep anything from them, or if you're going to twist any of the facts about it, I think we can just say, like, you tell them. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to omit anything. Right. It is quite difficult to lie to Liana. Not impossible, but it's difficult, thanks to that emotional connection. But in which case, after you explain everything that you found, like some of the ties that you put together, some of it, especially with that first role there, Darwin and Ilana, it's like stuff they already pretty much knew, but it's nice to have confirmed by outside sources. 
some of the other information is a little bit more useful. Hmm. Liana needs to say something here, but doesn't want other people to find out about it, which is going to be difficult. So I think she's just going to talk around it, kind of. Well, Darwin, Aranus. Ilana, would you have given her your name? Mm-mm. No? Okay. Darwin, Aranus. Young lady, I thank you all for your help. And I know it was only a short time, but if you wish to further aid us, especially as we turn our attention back to the Withering, that would be appreciated. But I know you have more to do, and I know you're seeking a way to resurrect chaos and claim that mantle. But she she looks at Arnus and says, I'm not sure who you have as a volunteer for this, but I will say, if you go into one of those bulbs with another divine being, you may not be the only one trying to make those connections. Just something to be mindful of. And Gostrom stands there at the door, effectively blocking you from leaving. But there's not malice in this intent, which you can feel thanks to Liana's connection with you all. It's more avarice, maybe is the right word, uh, or desire. Well, you helped us. Don't suppose anybody here wants my help. Fair's fair, after all. You mean like a ride? Or modifications. What about modifying our ride? Yeah. Oh, shit. You might have to own them first, but I don't know. Does, uh... You're going to let Gostrom mess with some horses? And just give them wings. Then we have Pegasus. That's such a good idea. <laughs> that way he's not messing with us. He offered basically to give us mounts. What? Like, I mean, if you... To give us a ride, like a way to get there faster. Well, if he's got something else... Like, that's fine, too. I'm I just mean, that, saying, like, that was the original idea. Unless you want to, like, pay for horses and then have him modify them. He's offering to basically give us rides. So we don't need to pay for horses. Yeah, I mean, not that it really matters, but, like... I mean, this is your call. If you want to ask him to do a and d pimp my ride, okay. <laughs> I kind of do. That sounds super cool. But uh, I will leave this up to Arnis's wizened decision. That's not a word. Google it. Why isn't this a word? It is. It just wizened doesn't. is a word. But it means old and wrinkly. Yeah. It's wizened, not wizened. But I always thought it was wizened too. All right. That's enough of Wizenheimer. Ah, <laughs> uh, I feel terrible. It, if, it, it's really up to you. It's really up to you guys. I Do you want you, pure monstrosity <laughs> rides provided to you? Do you want to just pay for horses and ride? Do you want wings or extra legs? Do you want him to tweak your horses that you end up buying? Pure monstrosities. Whatever Arnus wants. I would be afraid a pure monstrosity would either turn on us or freak the crap out of people. It's true. I mean, I guess that's true. But to be fair, we do live in a world now where for the last three years, people have just been like turning to bone. So all bets are off as to what people might think of as weird. It's true. I still think people are going to be uncomfortable if we ride into town on a sentinid. Well, I mean, I don't think you're wrong about that. Sentinid with wings? That would be even more terrifying. <laughs> right? Oh, please let me make those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, winged sentinids. Because we all know when spiders can fly, they become less scary. Right? <laughs> no. Okay. So, 
What's the call? If you put wings on a horse, will it hurt them? Mm. <laughs> now there's a moral question. It might be uncomfortable, but I don't think it would hurt. Now, if anything happens and you fail and I become fully withered, that would include the horse's wings, perhaps the rest of the horse itself. I don't know. Then what does he have? Then, okay, what do you have to offer in the way of just like a pure monstrosity ride? <laughs> it's not like he's going to just like wheel you up to a showroom filled with no, stuff. I, no, I, I know. I know he's not. I'm just, I'm trying to gauge my level of like, uh, factor. Um, hmm. What would he have available? No more bone thieves, unfortunately. Thank God. Um, that took quite a bit of freaky. effort. And the bone magic itself, yeah, um, is kind of at odds with the current situation. But what could he offer? Sentinels, of course. Those are always fun. Peritons, which are like these winged, antlered deer horse things. Oh, that's right. Uh, which I think we've seen in the past. Yes, we have. What else? What else? What else is fun? He might be able to scare up. Uh... Oh, no, those are too slow. You want speed. I was going to say a basilisk, but they are slow. They only have a speed of 20 feet. Ugh, it's not even as fast as me. I know, right? <laughs> Just walking. If you're real nice to him, he might be able to get you a manticore or an owl bear. All of these things sound like they would scare town folk when we rode into town. Um, I think giant a parrotin. scorpion. A periton would probably be the least scary. Giant scorpion's cool. I'm not doing that. No, it's not a spider, though. It's a scorpion. That's just a recipe for you sitting on its back and the scorpion being like, I don't want to do this anymore. Here, have some of my tail. <laughs> We're done here. It's true, huh? No, 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 no. He'll totally be nice to you. Just like that uh, wolf and the scorpion tail. <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, if there's any animal that you happen to like or have a fondness of and just want a bigger, monstrous version of it, he could probably do. Like, um, if you want a giant-ass frog, we could do giant frog. That'd be cool. Huge millipedes, yes. Ooh. Horse-sized rat, I think we could do. So, do any of those sound interesting? Is there any particular creature that you would like to see a monstrous version of? Mm. I think the idea of many of those creatures sound like they would scare town folk when we roll into town. I feel like well, a horse with wings is less terrifying, but I will abdicate to the decision of the group. Well, if I'm if I'm understanding you right, Scott, and please correct me if I'm not, mm -hmm. a, a periton is basically like a buck with wings, right? Mm. Or is there something else to it that I'm totally missing? I think that's fairly accurate to say. Let me, let me pull up the uh, image for you. Ooh, ooh, um, mm, uh, a little less buck-like than I thought. Oh. I'm going to put this in the podcast chat. So it has antlers more like a deer. Oh. But, yeah, like it's bird claws. A, it's basically like a flying mount, right? It's more like an eagle with the mm -hmm. head of a buck than anything else. Yeah. But if we wanted like a winged deer or a winged moose, yeah, we could do that too. But if you want to just, you know, throw some wings on some horses and do Pegasus time, we could do that too. Gostrom has no qualms about adding things to other creatures. Yeah, I know. Um, okay. Oh, God. 
We have a fourth member of our party. Would you be willing to do all four horses with wings? I don't see why not. Wings should be easy enough. They are one of the most fun modifications. Okay. We won't know about what's happening with the horses until the morning. So Mm -hmm. we'll have to come back and talk to you then. Well, you'll have to take me to the horses once you have them. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. In which case, he will reach out a hand for each of you. Deal? Just so we're, before I take it, just so we're clear, we've already held up our end, right? Yes. I feel like I can't make this deal without Vale. Vale's not going to bitch about this deal. (laughs) I take his hand. Deal. Do Darwin and Iolana take a hand as well? Sure. Yeah, hesitantly. All right. Who gets stuck with the left hand shake? (laughs) (laughs) Iolana will take it. Ah, awesome. So he's got four arms, but they are left and right. They are not just magically moving about his body to be three right arms. Not anymore, anyways. His giant gorilla hands grasp each of your hands in turn, gives three big handshakes all at once. It's a deal, then. Come and get me when you have your horses. I'll be here. Or near enough. Okay. Okay. So, a deal having been struck with Gosrim. What are y'all doing? Going to bed. (laughs) Or, I guess, going to get dinner. I suppose we have to eat. You could always go through the rations you have in your packs, but if you want to go eat, have a hot meal. I go rub some elbows. I really do want to do that. Okay. What about Darwin and Ilana? Sure, I'll follow Arnis. Oh, I'm gonna regret this so much. Why? Because I'm going to the bar. Ah. <laughs> oh, uh as you say that, Ilana's gonna ask her, are we going to God, what's the name of the bar? I forgot. Sweet, Sweet Williams. Williams. We're going to Sweet Williams. The uh, guy who sold us the horses told us all about it. Yes, that's where we're going. There's no other place to go. Apparently, <laughs> there's some sort of performer there that's performing this evening. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of why we're going. <laughs> Are we really going off to Sweet Williams now? Yes. Awesome. I mean, as long as I'm, like, burning a whole bunch of bridges, I owe him an official, like, goodbye. I'm never going to see you again. (laughs) But this is like you're going out of your way to burn that bridge. Like, you didn't have to cross this bridge. (laughs) No, I didn't, but... This bridge could be untorched, and you're just like, nah. It's bridge burning days. You could just go to the hotel and sleep and not deal with it. I could. Ernest really is like a masochist. Dude's always looking for just like ways to get himself beat up emotionally. <laughs> but they, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not like nobody knows we're in town. People have been seeing you. Right. Some of them probably recognize you. Right. And so like, is it shittier of me to have been here and literally not said anything? Mm-hmm. Or to go like do the decent thing and like say, yeah, I'm here, but goodbye. It's your call. Yeah, your call. Your friendship. Let's go to the bar. Okay. So, Darwin, Aranus, and Iolana, you head into Sweet Williams. For Darwin and Aranus, this is a welcome return. This is a comfortable, friendly place. Music is playing. There's laughter. There's conversation. It's a bustle of people 
having a good time like you haven't seen in a long time. Iolana, as you walk in, young Castor sees you, grabs an extra drink, and comes up to you and offers you one, and a spot next to him at the bar. Adorable. Iolana's going to take the drink and sit next to him, kind of not sure what to do or how to handle that situation, but curious. Okay. Which is going to look really funny because he's huge because he's an orc and Eolan is tiny. <laughs> he's tall, but as I said, he's not buff. Oh, yeah, he's not huge, yeah, but he's big. Oh, yeah. Arnis is going to make like a weird, like kind of giddy, like teehee face, but then noticing Eolan is confused and just kind of <laughs> shake his head like, oh, mm-hmm. she's so dense. <laughs> it's not confused as to what's going on. It's more like a confused as to like, why me? <laughs> And as Castor pulls Iolana away, Sweet William turns to Aranus and Darvin. Hey there, welcome to Sweet William's. Always good to see some fresh faces. Away. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite so new faces after all. I think you've been in here before. Welcome back. What? Yes, yes. Um, There was that whole trial business. (laughs) And if I remember correctly, one of you... As he like points a finger out and like points it back and forth between Aranis and Darwin. One of you, quite the musician. What are you drinking tonight, friends? Uh, the mead, of course. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> what else? Good choice. Good, good choice. I can tell you've been here before. Always order the mead at Sweet Williams. Never disappoints. He starts pouring a couple big glasses of mead. Oh, well, unless y'all wanted the bottle too. You may as well just leave it. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a long night. Yep. Let's see. Uh, musician and uh, tiny swords guy. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I knew I recognized you too. What? I remember. Daggers are tiny swords. Oh, daggers are tiny swords. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? I think that's actually my favorite Darwin line. (laughs) (laughs) It it was pretty classic. Well, as I'm sure you all know, you're more than welcome to hang out here. Sweet Williams, enjoy yourself. Have a good time. Drink up. Go socialize. Be friendly. Either of you after anything other than a drink tonight? Uh, Food. Dinner. (laughs) I guess that could be arranged. Why don't you go and find yourself a seat? I'll see what I can do about getting you some food out here. And in the meantime, welcome back to Sweet Williams. Do enjoy yourself. Uh, thank, thank you. Where do Arnis and Darwin go sit? Oh, somewhere like just in the middle of the crowd. Okay. Do you want to sit up front and be seen? I want to be seen when I want to be seen. <laughs> I don't want to get called up on stage. <laughs> so Darwin and Arnis, as you weave between the tables to find an open one to sit down, kind of in the middle, near the back. It's not too well lit here in Sweet Williams. Never really is. That's not the point of this place. Got to keep a nice, low, comfortable light. But as you're making your way through, start to sit down, get settled in at your table. You got some friendly faces turning to you, saying hi, raising glasses and little toasts. And up on the stage, Quince is performing. He's doing a fine job tonight. He's in great form. As the song comes to an end, and amidst the applause... It's very polite, gentle applause. It's not an uproarious applause. But amidst the applause, he says, Well, thank you, folks. It's always a pleasure to perform here for all of you, for 
sweet William, sweetest guy I know. And everybody gives like a, a little, little clap and a little laugh at that because everybody loves sweet William. Now, I have been planning on taking a little break up here before coming up for another set, but I do believe we have a special guest with us tonight. Oh, shit. Now, folks, I don't know if you knew this about him. I didn't know if you recognized him, but if I don't know any better, I'd swear we have Gray the Great himself here, Arnis of the Bard's Rebellion. Would mm. you care to join me on stage? Quince, do I have a choice in the matter? <laughs> you gonna shout that across the room? Yeah, but like, like, kind of jokingly, not like, uh-huh. not like I'm angry. <laughs> uh, and he says, "Of course not," with a laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you going to? I suppose I am. Okay. You don't have a choice. <laughs> and as Arnis gets right back up, Mead not even finished yet. Everybody turns and like gives you an applause and starts like cheering for you. Gray the great, gray the great. Oh, uh, I like, would I would take what's left of my like meat and like down it before <laughs> before I walk up there. <laughs> and Arnis awkwardly <laughs> makes his way through the tables up towards the stage to a smiling, eager quince. And with that will bring this chapter to a close, but the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 City Council level, thank you, Shannon DeMello. At the $10 mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello. At the $15 governor level, thank you, Phoenix Bryan and Sierra Jones. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrenpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrenpodcast.com. As always, we want to thank Vanessa Blockland for our podcast art. You can find more of her work on Twitter at Art by Vanessa B. And thanks to Daryl Dibber Reckonos for creating our theme music. You can find more of his music at dibbermusic.com and on Twitter at dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend.